0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, August 2nd. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, masks are back. G is for Government Preview's Telluride Town Council. Mudslides lead to road rage and a mountain weather forecast. Residents and visitors to San Miguel County should once again wear masks when in indoor public spaces, regardless of vaccination status. That's according to San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin. Especially when you don't know other people's vaccination status
1: um, and you can't have those one-to-one conversations about your own comfort level, what everybody values, all these different pieces. Um, So good examples of this would be um, at indoor concerts, right? You're in a large group and you're not really going to be having conversations, but everyone's breathing the same air. Um, Grocery stores, I think, are a great one, even though we're in and out of them very quickly. The amount of people that are cycling through is pretty significant.
0: Franklin says the shift in guidance on the county level comes as more information emerges from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Those that are vaccinated can be transmitting this virus or
1: spreading it um, if they get sick. This was not the case with other um, variants or strains of this virus before. It was a pretty low viral load with the original COVID strain.
0: She notes nationally, there have also been more breakthrough cases of COVID with the Delta variant. That's when someone tests positive after being fully vaccinated. And that's really concerning because the more it spreads across the board and
1: it can permeate through the vaccinated group, Um, the more people can get sick, but then also the more it can mutate into a much more severe concern.
0: Franklin acknowledges for those working in settings where individuals can have one-on-one conversations about vaccination and comfort level, they should still be fine going maskless. Especially as
1: long as people are holding to the if I'm sick, I stay home mentality, or at the very least wear a mask and remove yourself from that very close
0: interaction those who are unvaccinated are still recommended to wear a mask at all times while in indoor public spaces while franklin says a recommendation to mask up is still appropriate for the time being opposed to a mask mandate she notes a public health order requiring masks is still on the table as we enter into fall
1: flu season um, and see how this um, virus continues to shift um, we'll see and our county, as well as the state, is prepared to make um, um, decisions as necessary.
0: And for those choosing to don the mask once again in indoor places, Franklin says wear it with confidence. Telluride Town Council is back for its regularly scheduled meeting on Tuesday with lodging taxes, law enforcement, and housing. In this installment of G's for Government, Council Member Geneva Shawnette previews what to expect. Hey, Geneva, thanks for joining me for another installment of Jews for Government. Thanks for having me on the show. Telluride Town Council is back on Tuesday for its regularly scheduled meeting, and it's a pretty light agenda for for tomorrow, actually, but you're starting with a couple work sessions in the morning. Can you share what that first one's going to be? Famous last words,
2: quoting the light agenda, but (laughs) yes, um, we do have less items on the agenda than we do sometimes, um, our first work session is a continued discussion we're having regarding a potential ballot issue to opt out of the county lodging tax and implement a town lodgers tax. Um, that's basically something we've been talking about for a meeting or two, and uh, at our last meeting we directed our town attorney to draft us some potential language for how that um, ballot Question would look and how much flexibility we want to have with how to spend the money um, or what the voters might want to vote on. So there are three general options that he's going to present. Um, one that allows a lot of flexibility, which basically says that the money can be spent on town purposes as determined by the town council. Um, option two would be. Sort of more specifically, the money can be spent on mitigating the effects of tourism on the community and its natural resources and other town purposes. Uh, and then the third option is, you know, getting much more specific about how much percentage of that tax has to be spent on specific things, such as. Sustainable tourism marketing, city transit, arts and cultural organizations, maybe some affordable housing. Um, none of this is decided yet. These are just the topics we're going to talk about and and see what some other municipalities have done when they've amended this tourism tax into other uses.
0: So that will be the first half of the morning. And then the second half is a little bit more... It's still a work session, but it's a little bit more admin-y. And what's that one you're going to look at?
2: So, yeah, the next work session is going to be an annual report from the Marshals Department where they give us sort of the report of all the different kinds of calls that they get and trends um, with uh, law enforcement in the town of Telluride. So we'll be getting the 2020 report. And then we'll break for lunch. And in the afternoon, I think... There's a couple things we've seen before that we're voting on for a second time, um, some mid-year budget amendments. And then um, something I'm excited about is that the Telluride Housing Authority subcommittee is going to be recommending to town council um, the selection of two design-build teams for our next two affordable housing projects. So those are going to be... Um, the voodoo lot where the skate park is now by the, um, by the post office, as well as Virginia Placer Phase 2, which is some land in between the Virginia Placer apartments and the Public Works building. Um, so this is sort of the first more formal step we take when we start designing and building a uh, new affordable housing project, and I'm looking forward to getting going on that as uh, we were delayed with the uh pandemic in getting these projects going
0: as you mentioned famous last words but those are kind of the highlights of the meeting um on tuesday i know you also wanted to touch on some election things as we're in election year and there's a number of seats up for election for town council this year
2: yes absolutely so there are four seats up for re-election on the town council at this moment um not the mayor but uh four regular seats on the town council and if you are interested in running for Town council, um, I highly encourage everybody to do it if they feel called to do it. And basically you need to go to the town clerks department at Town hall at one three five West Columbia Avenue. Anytime between tomorrow, August 3rd and August twenty third um, is the period of time you have to collect the uh, basically nomination uh, petition form and then, get 20 you only need 25 signatures of registered town electors um to affirm that they would like to see you as a candidate for office. So I think that if anybody has thought about uh getting involved in town politics, this is a good opportunity and if anyone has questions or is curious about what the job's like i am very available to answer questions and um my email can be found on the town website
0: well geneva thanks so much for taking a couple minutes to chat today and we'll see you on zoom on tuesday sounds good thanks so much Thousands of people were stuck down Valley on Saturday after several mudslides covered Highway 145
3: just outside of Sawpit. Deputies found uh, heavy debris, mud, boulders, about one to two feet high in some places.
0: That's Susan Lilly, public information officer for the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office. There was a multi-agency effort to clear the slides with the Sheriff's Office, Telluride Marshals, Colorado State Patrol, and Colorado Department of Transportation all responding. Given the conditions and potential for additional slides,
3: Lilly notes extra care was given to safety. There was a lot of safety management going on in addition to traffic control and cleanup.
0: Including efforts to bring a man stuck between two slides to safety.
3: We were able to move the gentleman to a safe area so that he was not in a line there where where debris could fall and, and perhaps injure him or damage his car.
0: While Lilly notes there were no injuries or reported property damage, the slide did lead to several road rage incidents that required deputy intervention.
3: A driver who cut in line and almost hit another vehicle, uh, but that was the report, and the other vehicle that was almost hit left his position and chased the other car to the front by a deputy. They both got out of their cars and started to argue, almost coming to blows before deputies intervened.
0: In the second instance, one driver was uncomfortable moving through the debris, leading another driver to get out of their car and begin yelling.
3: Which caused the lady's husband to get out of the car and yell back, and they nearly came to blows.
0: Lily says that kind of behavior is unacceptable.
3: People need to be reminded to be patient and calm and safe and respectful of the process and the hard work these guys are doing out there. She says, especially given the circumstances
0: of the slide.
3: We had some continuing threats going on with falling rock and more weather, and it could have been a lot worse, a lot worse. We could have had injuries. We could have had more mudslides. We could have had way longer delays, uh, much more cleanup, and... I'd say as bad as it was, we were fortunate.
0: To that point, Lily says all drivers need to stay mindful. It's hard to
3: think that you're going to have this kind of emergency. But where we all live and play and drive, we have to remember we do need
0: to plan for emergencies. She suggests having a go bag with a flashlight, water, and emergency equipment in your car. And if you come across a mudslide, don't try
3: to drive through. You might think oh that's just a foot of water and I have a high clearance vehicle I'm going to go ahead and go for it I need to get home I want to get home I don't want to be trapped Uh, but if you can't see through it you don't know how deep it is you also don't know what kind of debris is under it and you know you could be carried away these are dangerous mountain roads and we need to have respect for these mudslides they can do a lot of damage even when you're sitting still.
0: Officials cleared the slides and fully opened Highway 145 after about four and a half hours. It is the fourth incident of mudslides in San Miguel County over the last several weeks to close highways and block traffic. Get your vocal cords loose and your do-re-mis in order. The Telluride Choral Society is back for its Winter Sing 2021. Winter Sing will include both chorale and chamber singers. The chorale is non-audition, with auditions for new members for the chamber singers. In order to keep everyone safe, the Choral Society notes all participants must prove they are fully vaccinated against COVID to participate. Rehearsals will begin at the beginning of October, with Winter Sing concerts taking place mid-December. Those interested in participating can email rlmuckerman at gmail.com. Slowly but surely, gray wolves are making their way back to Colorado. Colorado Parks and Wildlife has until 2023 to get paws on the ground, and the department is looking to get feedback from residents across the state on what reintroduction should look like. CBW will host two virtual town halls this month to gather comments from the community. The department notes it is hoping to get as much input from the public as it wraps up the first phase of public engagement at the end of the month. The virtual town halls will take place Tuesday, August 17th, and Thursday, August 26th, at 5 p.m. Registration for the town halls is required and available at wolfengagementco.org. Many Coloradans can agree that the cost of living is outpacing adjustments in pay. But when it comes down to defining what constitutes a living wage, opinions are split. Last week, KGNU's Shannon Young spoke with Tamara Chung, tech, business, and
4: economy reporter for The Colorado Sun. You put out a weekly column called What's Working? And in the most recent one, you tackled the issue of the labor shortage and living wages. And in doing so, you consulted readers across the state about what constitutes a living wage. What was the response?
5: Well, the response was pretty good. I put a poll in the column and, you know, random people could respond. So it's very unscientific, but it depends on, you know, who sees it Um, and readers from all over, you know, from east, west, uh, western (laughs) slope, the eastern plains responded. And it was great because it's based on people's own experiences. And it it really helps understand what's happening in different parts of the state.
4: What was the range of the responses uh, specifically having to do
5: deal with the the cost of living in different areas of the state? Well, what I hear a lot from readers is, well, I can't work a minimum wage job because my rent is too high. So the t- the idea of what is a livable wage has come up in many columns. So this time I just asked, hey, what is a livable wage? And I got anything from $12 an hour to $43, $44 an hour, which is... Um, you know, close to 90,000, I believe. I don't have the calculation right in front of me, but that's a huge range. And these came from all over the state. You know, one thing I would add is this wasn't necessarily higher wages within a region. Like even in a place like Boulder, I was getting a range from $17 to $38 an hour as what should be the livable wage in Boulder.
4: The first part of this survey was is there a labor shortage
5: what were people saying you know since my column has largely focused on the pandemic unemployment i was thinking a lot of people would say no there's not a labor shortage or yes there's a labor shortage but the majority of people said it's complicated which which to me is really great because that means people are thinking about why you know why is it hard to find enough kitchen help for a restaurant or why is minimum wage at twelve thirty two an hour in Colorado? You know, no one can really rent a one-bedroom apartment or two-bedroom apartment and, and provide for a family. So, you know, comments to that, you know, would range from, you know, you shouldn't expect to have a livable wage on minimum wage to others that were like, well, I can't move up, you know, or, you know, these folks are on unemployment, so that's why they're not looking for a job you know, all the different facets of why it's tough to live in Colorado as the um, cost of living increases, but there's still a lot of jobs out there.
4: In this reader poll, there was a space for comments. What were some of the, the nuances that
5: stood out to you in the responses? I really loved when people added a little more nuance and insight into it, some of the common reasons are were housing you know housing costs have gone way up and if you think about what happened during the pandemic you know the cost of a single family home has just skyrocketed and you know trying to even buy a house is nearly impossible unless you have cash and can offer cash and buy it as is and stuff so when you have that on one end and then on the other end you have people who've lost their jobs during the pandemic these folks are looking at well, what's available to me, you know, maybe I'm an unskilled worker, restaurant jobs, you know, 15 to even $20 plus tips. That's still hard to qualify for, well, probably impossible to qualify for a mortgage, but even for for rent, that might be pretty difficult. So I, I just appreciated the extra thoughts that people included with their responses. And
4: finally, the pandemic has set the reset button on a lot of aspects of our daily lives. What improvements for the better would you like to see come out of the pandemic on your particular beat?
5: I I think a lot is going to change in the next few months. So at the end of this week, the national eviction moratorium is going to end. So a lot of people who have seen a decline in income, they've been allowed to you know, sign an attestation saying that they they can't afford to pay rent because of a COVID related uh, reason. So that's ending. And then these folks are going to have to figure out how to pay rent. In uh, early September, the federal unemployment benefits are gonna end. So that's gonna add another level of Complexity for a lot of these people who are still on unemployment and maybe haven't been paying their rent. So you know that doesn't mean all these people can go back to work. Um, one one person or a few people did bring up, well, there's still COVID, and you know there's a concern about getting sick on the job, so they're not returning to work for health reasons. There is just many m- major changes coming with how Americans live, have lived in the pandemic that will impact our future just within the next month or so. And I'll just be here to cover it, so.
4: (laughs) Tamara Chung of The Colorado Sun, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. The National Weather Service
0: forecast for the Western San Juans calls for showers and thunderstorms tonight with a low around 50 degrees. Tuesday, showers and thunderstorms are likely with a high near 70 degrees. Tuesday night, there is a chance of showers and thunderstorms with partly cloudy skies and a low around 50. Wednesday should be mostly sunny with a chance of showers and thunderstorms and a high in the mid-70s. Wednesday night calls for clear skies with a low around 50 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, August 2nd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story, idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728 3206